The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. It's fascinating. The CSO have published data today and after several years of active travel campaigns with huge government backing, after investment in cycling infrastructure, the rollout of bus connects, massive increases in awareness about the carbon emissions uh, from transport, the dial has not moved one iota when it comes to people's choices, it appears. So the same percentage of people out there drive for their commute every day compared to those who get the bus, compared to those who cycle, compared to those who walk. Felgen Jose is with me. He's chairperson of the Dublin Commuter Coalition. Uh, Felgen, are you surprised by these? Not really, no. Um, like in terms of investment into active travel and public transport, we actually haven't seen an awful lot. Like, I mean, we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about Metrolink and the planning application has gone in about 15 months ago. Dark Plus, the planning application went in again about 15 months ago, Bus Connects. There's 12 planning applications in within Bokhamala and no results coming out of it. Like, there's very little has actually happened. You know, we've had a lot of consultations, but, uh, yeah. you know, we've had some route changes in Dublin and that's about it when it comes to buses. And now there's been an increase in services, but like nothing to show a significant statistical well, we, uh, change. We had, I think. we had Lewis Cross City open in that period. Yeah, Lewis Cross City yeah. opened in 2017. So this is 2016 up until last mm. year. So, I mean... I mean, as, as kind of big transport infrastructural projects go, Lewis Cross City is not insignificant, but it didn't move the dial at all. Like, nationally, it's not it's not that significant, I think. We need, we need a lot more of it, I think. Um, but also, Lewis Cross City, while it enabled a lot more people to get the Lewis, like, there's people still driving from Cabra and Fingliff who could get the Lewis who don't. Yeah, exactly. I, I know, I'm not denying that, but that's exactly what the yeah. show is. Just, I guess, what what we're talking yeah. about. I mean, wh- why do you suspect people are kind of driving in parallel to public transport option? Because they can. Because we haven't restricted cars from the city centre as much. You know, in terms of uh, parallel to building Lewis infrastructure, we haven't really uh, made it so that people have to use the Lewis. They still have the choice of driving, and they still drive very short distances. Um, but now with the new city centre transport plan that's coming out, uh, that will have bus gates installed in the city centre to make it quicker to get across the city in a bus, which is horrible at the moment. It is just too slow, stuck behind cars all the time. It will speed up buses in the city centre, but also make it impossible for you to, well, almost impossible for you to drive through the city centre. You can still drive in, you can still drive in from both sides for access, but it will make it so much easier to get through on a bus or on a bike or while walking by reducing the number of cars in the very core city centre area, kind of near Parnell Square, Stevens Green, O'Connell Bridge, College Green. Places that are very well served by, like you said, the Lewis, the uh, Dart, the buses. Just make it more friendly for buses and for bikes and uh, hopefully reduce the number of cars in that area. Um, Again, these are, I guess we're focusing on Dublin as where the majority of the, 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 the country are living more than anywhere else. Um, despite that, I, I'd, I'd wager a lot of people who are captured by these statistics, Felgen, are, are driving rather than doing anything else because they don't have a choice. There's a mix of both, I think. There's the, like there's, there's always been a mix of both. There's, there's people who do have to drive, who genuinely do have no other option, but then there's people who do have other options but are still kind of driving because that's what they've always done. And like, the reason it takes so long for people who need to drive to get around is because of 
people who don't need to drive, who really could be using a bus, who really could be losing the Lewis, uh, not taking that option. Um, so I think we really need to reach those people who are driving, who do have other options, who could get the bus and make sure that they do make the switch to make it easier for people who, one, get around mm. in a bus or on a bike in the city centre, two, to make it easier for people who have to drive in the city centre. And how, how do you do that? How do you convince them? Because, you know, there's people, they get up in the morning and they walk out their front door and they know that when they get into their car, they're going to be sitting in traffic, bumper to bumper, slowly chugging their way across the city. But they'll still do it. They still do it rather than walk, cycle or get the bus. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like that's where the investment comes in. Like I said, Metrolink, uh, Bus Connect, Start Plus, we do have to accelerate those. It's been too slow. But yeah. like a lot of it is just... But why will they make a difference if, like, if a huge investment like, like Lewis Cross City didn't make a difference? It'll make so you, yeah, you need the carrot and the stick. Uh, so you've got an issue right now where you know, in some areas you've given the carrot and people haven't taken it. Uh, but in a lot of areas you, you need to provide that carrot as well. Uh, but like in places like uh, areas that are served by Lewis and Dart, where people are driving, you really do have to put in things like bus gates and. Um, reallocate space to cycling and stuff like that to kind of reduce that space mm. and make sure people who kind of switch from car to bus because it just isn't to make it efficient for buses and bicycles to move around you, you can't have that kind of space devoted to cars that, that we do have in Dublin Geraldine Herbert is with us as well uh, Fadjan the motor journalist with the Irish Independent uh, Geraldine you're welcome to the show were you surprised at all that there hasn't been any shift in habits since 2016 um, not really, to be honest. I mean, I think we've very much gone back to sort of pre-COVID. Anyone I know who was working from home, those days are kind of past and we're back working in the offices full time. And I mean, you know, we're great at, at these great figures. We were spending vast sums of money on cycling infrastructure and walking infrastructure around the country, a million a day. But there's actually exactly as as what was being said here, there's very little to show for it. It's very inconsistent around the country. So there's still not that many alternatives for people, to be honest. And we still have, if anything, our housing problem has got even worse. And I mean, as long as people do not live close to where they work and they're going to be car dependent and we have more people being moved out of the city and having to live further and further from where they actually want to live mm. because of our housing problems. So to view everything through a transport lens, I think is wrong. I think a lot of this is down to poor planning and, you know, poor housing alternatives as well. And and and, and not to kind of um, sound glib or anything, but, you know, we are where we are in that sense. You know, those houses exist and we can't kind of depopulate those areas. So what's the solution then? Well, I mean, there are things we can do. And we've spoken about this in the programme before. Like I live four kilometres from the local train station. You can't get parking at the train station. So, I mean, if I want, I mean, I don't have an alternative to walk or cycle into town because or into into my nearest town because I live on a road with an 80 kilometre speed limit. It's, it's really not safe to do either. So therefore, I'm in my car. My alternative is I drive to the train station and park my car, as I said, but unless I'm there at seven in the morning, that isn't an alternative. And even if I get the train, it stops at Houston. So it requires a further you know, train or Lewis or whatever. So, I mean, I think we need, you know, to make people make choices outside of their car, we need in as much as, I mean, a lot of the emphasis is on making, reducing the attractiveness of car use, but really what we do need to do is increase the attractiveness of other modes of transport. And we're simply not doing that. Uh, a, a lot of people talking about 
exactly the point both of you raised a lack of services in some areas Kieran making the point that Swords is as big as Watford which has its own bus service one hour from Swords to Abbey Street is unacceptable by bus still no buses crossing the Liffey to make the South City accessible for people I'm 30 years living in Swords the Metro is not just for getting to work it's for visiting Dublin City to eat, drink, attend gigs and other events the last Swords Express bus is 11pm midweek no use if you're in Whelan's the NCH Vicar Street etc. It is safer in a car than on the bus or on the Lewis. People don't want to take the risk, says somebody else. Galway needs a tunnel under the car up yesterday. We're dying in our cars every day and before you say it, it will it will put more cars on the road. Buses can use it uh, too. And one more for the moment, but people feel very strongly about this. Tens of thousands are employed in areas like Blanchardstown, Ballycoolan, Damestown, etc. Yet, Damestown, etc. Yet the areas are not well served by public transport. I challenge anyone to commute from Swords to any of these industrial areas without using their car. Geraldine, I mean, that situation must exist in other countries as well. Like, not everybody lives and works in city centres around the world. People go from kind of one suburb to another or one part of the periphery to another. Yet other cities manage it better than we. How? Yeah, I mean, other cities do have, um, you know, they have better public transport. There's no two ways around that. But other cities do have an issue with private cars as well. I mean, you can't get away from that. If you look at somewhere like the Netherlands, they have world-leading high-quality cycling infrastructure. They have really good public transport. And yet 65% of all their trips to work are made by car. Now, you have to ask yourself, why when people have the option to use good public transport or cycle to work safely, do they choose their car? And they do because they're making longer and longer journeys in the Netherlands. And we have the same issue issue here, you know, in Ireland in the sense that we push people further and further, as I said, from where they want to live and where they want to, where they're working. So that is an issue and that is is an issue in other cities, but they definitely have better transport options within cities. There's no two ways around that than, than Dublin. And uh, Fajina, is, is part of the difficulty balancing when to impose some of the restrictions on cars while at the same time rolling out those better public transport options? You don't want to, I, I assume do the former before the latter. Yeah, look, uh, well, yeah, it's the phasing of it is um, difficult, but uh, so what's being you know, I guess, I, is, like, like that texture from Swords, for example, I mean, it's one thing to kind of uh, uh, punish people or make it more cost prohibitive to get into town using the car. But if one of the, the biggest uh, urban conurbations in Dublin, outside Dublin City, is so poorly served by public transport, it seems a little unfair to punish them for being in their cars. Well, so, so look at why it's so poorly served by public transport. Uh, now, there's, there were two issues in that text message. One was the 41 stops at Abbey Street, but the other is it takes an hour to get from Abbey Street to Swords. And it's because it's stuck in traffic. Like, that's not going to change until we start restricting cars. Like, it, I know it's a chicken and egg situation, but we do, like, to make that bus better, we really do have to put in and when I say restricting cars, I mean bus lanes. I mean priority bus lanes, priority for buses at junctions, uh, making sure buses don't get stuck in traffic in the city centre with cars. You know, this like making sure the bus has enough space to get through from Abbey Street to Swords in well under an hour will mean removing and restricting the space that is currently given to cars. There's no two ways about it. Yes, there, the metro has to be built, and, and like I said, it's it's been stuck in planning for 15 months, and it should be accelerated. But that will be 10. 11 years by the time it's finished and we need we can't mm. wait that long we need the bus lanes we need we need bus priority lights we need bus gates we need cycle lanes and there's only a finite amount of space in the city like that space has to come from somewhere and it's going to have to be the space that is currently given over to cars uh, Julian 
does Felgen have a point that does does one lead to the other? That's often the argument. You know, you can't do one until you do the other. You can't penalise drivers until you have the public transport options. But maybe by penalising them, you do improve the public transport options. You know, you you, you yeah. reduce the space on the road for cars, and it actually makes that Swords Express express. Yeah, no, I can perfectly see the point. But if you go back to somewhere like London, the day they introduced the congestion charge, and we always look at London as being, as a, you know, the, the place to see a successful congestion charge, they put 300 extra buses en route that day. Like they were introduced into the city that day. So, you know, you cannot, you cannot impose um, congestion charges and restrictions on cars without doing alternatives at the same time. It's just not possible. And it's you just won't move people. And people will invariably just sit in their car and put up with it because they won't have an alternative. Um, so I think, you know, it, there isn't a, t- a perfect time to do both, but you need to be, you know, including both at the same time. You cannot just do one without the other. You know, you can't get to a certain point and say now is the time, but you definitely need to be doing both. I live eight kilometres from town in North Clondalkin, serviced by one bus that does a tour of Dublin before getting into town. Uh, says one of our listeners, Mark, says, Kieran, what happens to those of us who have little choice? These changes affect all of us with no discrimination. Always hit the car. I used to go to work. My work was in an area that was facilitated by public transport and it was bloody awful. Packed like sardines on trains. Buses not stopping because they were packed. I've said it so many times. Offer a vastly improved system before hitting cars. I've been to Greece and Naples this year. They couldn't give a hoot about cleaning up, but we crucify ourselves, says a frustrated Mark. Mark, thank you for the text. 087-1400-106. Thank you to Fajan Jose, chairperson of the Dublin Commuter Coalition, and Geraldine Herbert, motoring journalist with the Irish Independent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.